Welcome to the Professional Website Investor Podcast, the show where we talk about what it takes to successfully buy, operate, scale, and sell a thriving e-commerce business. When it comes to doing business online, we believe that buying an existing website is far superior to building one from scratch. So if you're a career professional who's looking to become an e-commerce store owner, listening to this show will give you the knowledge, tools, and community support you need to be successful. I'm your host, Ryan Cowden, and this week we're joined by Ian Bond from ProfessionalWebsiteInvestors.com. In this episode of the Professional Website Investor Podcast, Ian and I discuss how the next website you buy could become the job change you are looking for. We live in an age where people are dropping out of the traditional workforce all the time. Entrepreneurs and digital nomads are working from home, coffee shops, beaches, anywhere they can find an internet connection. But is it really possible to do this by investing in high-ticket dropshipping websites? Well, it is possible. Today, we lay out a simple blueprint to follow on your path to operating your own website. On this episode, you'll hear the major issues someone will need to tackle in order to make this career transition. The major obstacles that can derail early investors are lack of time, lack of money, or lack of specific skills. Next, we'll share the key activities a high-ticket dropshipping website owner needs to manage. These include supplier relations, website management, customer service, paid traffic, and search engine optimization, abbreviated as SEO. Then we'll cover the challenges of managing supplier relations. This is one aspect of the business you never want to outsource. Instead, you should be in regular contact with your suppliers, especially in the early stages of your growth. After that, we'll go over the key factors of website management. The main areas you need to consider are how to update your inventory and how to add new products. In addition to that, we talk about how to set up a customer service protocol for yourself and any future workers you may hire. It's important to design a system that fits your goals for this aspect of your company. Then we talk about your paid traffic budget. Paid logistics are a great way to drive traffic to your website and can usually get a good return on investment if you do this right. Finally, we will tackle SEO content creation. Creating quality content is an organic way to drive traffic to your site and a way to distance your site from your competitors. If you are truly looking to make a career move into e-commerce websites, then you'll want to start here. There's a lot of actionable advice in this episode, so grab something to write with because you're going to want to take notes. As always, I'll be back on the other side to wrap up any loose ends. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Ian Bond. All right, Ian Bond, welcome back to the podcast. It's great to see you, man. Ryan, it's my pleasure. We've got a great topic today. This is one that I've been thinking about doing for a long time, and I'm, I'm happy we're finally, uh, you know, finally getting around to it. And, uh, and you know, it's something that it, it takes me way back. And, and, and uh, you know, I think it would be exciting and fun to talk about. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, so it's interesting what we're talking about today is, is kind of this idea that a lot of people are maybe stuck in a job that they don't like, maybe they have a boss that they don't like, and, you know, they want to maybe travel and become location independent. And a lot of people think, well, maybe I can get a website and, and that'll turn into an income stream. So um, that's pretty similar to your story, is it not? Absolutely. So uh, just to refresh anyone who may be new to the podcast or don't know who Ian Bond and family are, you know, I took a job overseas back in 2014 and my wife uh, and family joined me nine months later and she quit her job. And we knew that this would be 
you know, our last stop before my ultimate retirement. And rather than have her get a job locally, which is uh, tough when you're overseas, you know, we decided to look at uh, uh, buying a website for my wife to earn uh, income and replace the income that she earned um, in her day job. And we never thought, we never had any dream that we would end up, uh, you know, today it's owning eight uh, revenue producing websites. We just wanted to own one website and Mm -hmm. have it add to our income, but provide my wife with the opportunity to take the kids to school in the morning, do some work, pick the kids up for their activities, do some work, put the kids to bed at night and do some work and, you know, uh, earn a decent income. And I will, I'll tell you, Ryan, that the reality is that of all the many, many, many people that I know websites, the great bulk of them work on their websites with some very limited amount of outside help. They do it themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's, so that this is the rule, not the exception, you know, okay. um, having a fully outsourced staff and, and scaling to a business is, is the, uh, you know, is the exception. That's the five or 10%, mm-hmm. not the okay. 90 or 95%. Okay. Well, um, what do you see as the major issue that someone would need to tackle in order to transition to a full-time website owner? So I think, Brian, that the, um, you know, I think, Ryan, that the, the biggest uh, issue for someone listening to this, um, you know, for a career professional listening to this is solving for their lack of time. And um, you know, that's not the case. You know, that wasn't our case because my wife had time. Um, you know, so, you know, the, the, it's generally lack of time. Um, and the, the um, you know, the three major, you know, things that you have to solve for are time, money, and skills. And, you know, in today's example, our, our, our hero uh, is probably going to have some time and then be able to develop the skills uh, that needed to be successful. And probably the piece of the equation that's going to be variable is the money piece of the equation. And we can discuss the trade-off. Okay. okay great. Um, yeah. What are those trade-offs? I mean, how do you, how do you balance time with money and, and skills? What do you, is there kind of a sweet spot in there that you're, you're kind of looking for balance? Yeah. Or, yeah. So, so, yeah. so let's, let's talk about the major activities that you have to solve for when you okay. own a high yeah. ticket drop shipping site uh, for you to succeed. Okay. okay. And I, and, 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 and I'll, I'll stick a, a flaming spear in the ground and think, uh, I think most people will, will, will say that these are the big buckets. Okay. Well, for the, the first, and I'll call this the most important one, is your supplier relations. Secondly, there's you know the general website management. Third, there's customer service issues. Uh, fourth, there's uh, paid traffic uh, management. And fifth, there's the SEO uh, content creation. And I, like I said, I think these are the big buckets that um, that you've got to uh, that you've got to think about solving for to begin with. Okay. So maybe we could go through that list then and, and just kind of break those down. Okay. Uh, let's start with supplier relations. Um, what's the what's the main challenge that you're going to confront here? All right. So as a website owner, um, I always recommend that website owners deal directly with the suppliers. These guys are your life and blood. They're the key to your profits. Uh, even if you're going to do nothing else, 
staying in the industry, you're going to hear things if you keep these relationships up. And it doesn't take a lot of time to do this, okay? But you need to be in front of them, you know, with some relative amount of frequency, um, you know, so that you can work some kind of an angle where you can impress them on how you're uniquely helping their brand. You know, we'll put a piece of content up and ping someone and say, hey, did you see that we changed uh, your collection page for this? You know, give us some feedback. Hey, they may not spend a lot of time, but just the fact that you're doing that, you know, fairly consistently helps a lot. Um, you know, the only issue that supplier relations has is for true introverts. Um, but the reality is for, you know, most people that work in any kind of a career profession, you can get over this pretty quickly. And once you have some kind of product knowledge, conversations are really pretty easy. Suppliers just want to sell more stuff through reliable partners. If you're that reliable partner, they're delighted to spend some time on you. Don't, you're not going to take a lot of time out of their busy day. You make it easy for them. And so you'll easily solve for this. You know, once you gain a little bit of experience, you'll get a lot of confidence. So mm -hmm. supplier relations is the first big bucket. Hang on to this one um, and treat it, uh, you know, with the utmost care. It's your lifeblood. Okay. And what's a good frequency? Is it every week? Is it every month? Is it, does it vary? You know, I think it depends, you know, when you're newer in the relationship, you spend more time on it. Okay. You know, we try to, you know, when we secure a new supplier relationship, we try to put a lot of effort up front into that relationship by building out um, beautiful uh, product pages, beautiful collection pages, beautiful brand pages, mm -hmm. uh, uh, including, uh, you know, creating SEO related contact uh, content. Um, and pointing it out to people. We try to do that more frequently up front. You know, once the orders start rolling in, you're gold. Don't worry. Okay. They know who you are. At that okay. point, they know who you are. Okay. okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, but, you know, remember mm -hmm. that, um, you know, particularly, you know, um, one of your main goals is to get on the where to buy page. And you don't get on the where to buy page till you impress someone that you're really a great partner because they've got a very valuable real estate. And they've only got, you know, probably 12 slots where they're going to put logos and that link juice and those referrals that come to you from their where to buy page, that is gold for you. And okay. so, you know, that's what you're aiming for. Okay, great. Okay, great. Uh, let's go to the next factor then. Um, website management. What are the, what does that entail? So, yeah, there, uh, there are kind of two major areas to this. You know, one is the daily um, inventory updates and the other is product uploading. Uh, with regards to, you know, kind of the inventory updates, uh, we do the vast bulk of inventory updates ourselves, but we do that for eight websites. Um, you know, now we do that with VAs. There are some tools you can use. Um, it does take a bit of a facility with Excel just isn't that hard to do inventory updates. So don't let that uh, uh, be problematic for you. And if you're in a, in a niche where inventories aren't changing that frequently or your suppliers aren't running short of inventory, uh, you don't have, let's say, the huge number of variants. You know, we have 9,000 different products on our biggest site. Uh, so things are going out of stock all the time. It's not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. The other piece of website management is, you know, kind of adding new products that a supplier might add to their um, repertoire. 
to your website. Um, you know, this is time consuming, but it's really, really important. You want to maximize the uh, SEO contribution of your product descriptions. Um, if you don't have a ton of products, you know, um, uh, to add, so let's say 50 or 100, you can easily do these yourself and get a really great result. You mm -hmm. won't spend a lot of time on them. Um, now, if you do bring on a new supplier and you have to upload a whole catalog, um, the best way to do that and not add anybody, do it yourself, is to just ask them, you know, kind of what is your, you know, what are your top sellers? What are okay. the 80, what's the 80 20 rule? What are the 20% of the products in your catalog that make up 80% of the sales? And it'll probably be more like 10% of the, products make up 90% of the sales and then focus your time really on, on those, um, on those, uh, 10%. So I know of a lot of people that are doing exactly this strategy. Uh, anyone hearing this podcast can do this with some very basic training. Mm -hmm. Once again, once again, most of the people that I know that own websites are doing the bulk of the stuff themselves. And, okay. you know, anybody listening to this can, can replicate that. Okay. Another feature that comes up when I think of website management is just the the technology aspect. You know, the specs of of managing a website. Um, yeah, is is that something that you recommend outsourcing, or is that something you can try to figure out on your own? It, you know, you know, Ryan, uh, it is. You know, with with uh, with Shopify, which is where most of the sites are these days. We own Shopify and BigCommerce sites. Mm -hmm. It's just so easy to learn. I wouldn't even think twice about it, to be honest with mm. you. There are resources all over the internet, including Shopify's own site, BigCommerce's own site. Uh, the training that you get if you buy a website from a from a seller, most of the stuff you can figure out yourself. And you know, God forbid you have a problem, you know, you can spend twenty five dollars on Upwork and have somebody solve it. So you know, it's just not it's just not that hard. Okay. Um, I've said this, you know, numerous times on the podcast. When I was 57 years old, looking at doing this, the tech fear was my biggest fear, and you know, it just melted away. And it's only gotten better. It's just gotten mm -hmm. easier. It's amazing. So okay. don't worry about it. Yeah, okay. just don't worry about it. Yeah. Great. Uh, well, let's move on to the customer service piece. You know, and that is something that that we've talked about from time to time on this program, but. Uh, it's always important and it's always there. And I was wondering if, if we could kind of focus on how do we make this a job that will be an attractive task for us to do? You know, if this is a website that you're kind of running yeah. on your own, um, how do you make this a, a part of your job that you enjoy doing? Uh, yeah, first, that's a really great way to phrase the question. You know, how do you design your job? To make it an attractive task for yourself, yeah. um, you actually do need to design your website purchase to your customer service uh, desires. And and let me uh, uh, let me explain. Um, you know, I kind of think of this as a trade-off between low and high logistics requirements and low and high technical sales requirements. These are two things that are the most complicated part of customer service, the logistics piece and the technical questions and technical service piece. Those are the two biggest deals. Okay. Okay. Uh, for example, I know a guy that sells a very uh, fairly technical pro uh, product 
the average sale is you know over three thousand dollars, but he only makes fifteen to twenty sales a month, and so you know he's doing you know over fifty thousand dollars in revenue uh, a month. Um, once he gets an order, um, the clients you know really aren't that demanding in terms of their delivery. You know, so his shipping logistics you know just are are pretty easy. You know, um, customer service issue for him is fielding phone calls with technical questions, which is something that he actually likes, okay? Um, okay. He, he's kind of a geek, geek about his products, mm-hmm. and he doesn't mind getting a call at any odd hour of the day. He's on U.S. hours, and he does that. But what he would hate would be to have people calling him all the time, wondering if they're going to get their product, you know, between 2 and 4 tomorrow afternoon, you know, and and yeah. needing constant updates on the product delivery. And I can tell you, you know, we sell, as you know, a lot of things that people use when they remodel homes. We love the household area. And I will tell you that customers are calling us constantly or emailing us constantly because they have a contractor waiting to install something and the clock is ticking and it's just brutal. Um, people have been spoiled by Amazon and, and you know, um, next day or same day shipping. Now It's a nightmare for, for, for us. Um, <laughs> okay. And so, those two issues, which is, you know, kind of the technical question and technical service piece versus how logistics heavy is what you're doing. It's a good thing to think about in terms of how you design your purchase, what fits you well. Okay. okay. And, you know, we probably didn't respect that well enough when we got got into the game. Um, and we've actually gotten really good at the logistics piece. And now... I've forgotten. My wife has got a a you know a um, a uh, a document on the number of times that we touch our clients between mm. you know order entry and delivery, and actually after delivery, confirming things are in good order. You know where we really shine versus the big box guys like Home Depot. And that is we're all over the logistics piece of things, and it drives a huge amount of customer satisfaction. So there's a way to solve everything. So Okay. Hmm. That's good to hear. Um okay, so about the um the next factor that you talked about was paid traffic management, which which I think is interesting here. Um yeah. what do you mean by paid traffic management and then what what's the big issue there? Yeah, so, you know, in in high ticket drop shipping, mostly you're going to use uh Google product listing ads uh or or PLAs, um, they're not that hard to learn. Um, it is something that's a specialty. Depending on the niche you're in, it can be nuclear war if it's a huge niche, or it can be one where it's it's easier. Um, and we're going to talk about SEO in a minute. Yeah. But between you know um, paid traffic and SEO generated traffic, that's your traffic. And so, you know, basically our approach uh, has been to outsource uh, our paid traffic and use people that are specialists at that. That's because I'm too busy to learn it. I'd love to do that. And frankly, you can get good results for a very reasonable fee. And so you kind of have to pick your battles. Um, This is fairly specialized. It's fairly quantitative. I know many, many, many people who learn this and they do them do it very well. Um, you can always also, if you choose to do it yourself, 
get an expert to give you some part-time advice so you don't have to employ somebody full-time. Um, and I'm not saying that mastering Google, Ryan, is easy, but it's doable if you choose to focus on it. And, you know, as I just described it, you know, being fairly quantitative and fairly specialized, you know, you, you sort of know who you are, just like the people that are introvert versus extro extrovert yeah. might have different views of, you know, the customer service piece. So, mm. um, but again, the vast bulk of people I know, uh, have, you know, solved for this through some combination of the things I've said. They either outsourced it. They've done it themselves. They've done it themselves with some occasional help from somebody. Okay. Great. And then uh, let's wrap it up with SEO content creation. What's kind of the yeah. main? So yeah. So the other the other piece of um, of of driving traffic to your site and one place where I think uh, an owner with some time on their hands can add an enormous amount of value to their to their website is um, is through SEO related uh, content creation. Um, Brian, I just have to tell you. Uh, that this is easily the biggest value add that any owner can make to their high ticket drop shipping site. Mm. And I'm not going to go into all of the different things. Um, uh, we've had, you know, one, uh, SEO related episode that we've done. We should probably do you know, another couple, but this, mm. this opportunity kind of dwarfs everything. Um, uh, you know, and so it's, it's, it's someplace that you can really, um, add value. What do I mean by SEO related content? Yeah. Um, you know, we have said, I've said that the, you know, it's our strategy to have, you know, the best pages on the internet with the most helpful co content and your highest priority are your product pages. And this is where you kind of ask your suppliers, what are the best selling products? And you focus on those product pages. From there, you go level up to the collection pages. That might be a product with a, uh, you know, uh, all the products with the same size, you know, through all of your different uh, um, brands, or it might just be one brand that has a similar style, but then we call those collections. And then for your, uh, the next level up would be your brand pages. So when somebody's searching for a specific brand, if you've got the best looking brand page, Google's going to end up ranking you. These are your money pages and they have to exceed what are on your competitor's sites for you to rank well on Google. Um, now, when you add into this mix things like buying guides, installation guides, uh, blog posts um, to get folks to your site, this is your SEO uh, uh, content related strategy. Let me give you an example. Um, on a small site that we've worked, been working on for about a year, uh, we drove 46% of all of our site visits and 32% of all of our transactions through organic traffic hmm. in March of 2019. You know, that was zero a year ago. <laughs> wow. Um, and one, one piece alone, an installation guide that's a spectacular piece of, of work that, that are, that the, the, the woman that we bought the site from that she put together, that drove 20% of all of the traffic to our site. Wow. Now it has the benefit. It has the benefit of being probably, I don't know, 18 months old or something like that. So the older it gets, the better it gets. We also updated it. 
Um, um, but you know, that's you built it once and it's driving nearly a thousand visits to our site, our small site a month, you know, on one piece of content, Ryan. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's how, that's how I, I'll stop my rant now, <laughs> but you know, like, let's, let's make a uh, pack that we'll do another SEO yeah. strategy okay. related or focused uh, episode uh, to kind of complement that in SEO intro that we did. I think that was podcast yeah. episode number 18. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, you know, we'll go, we'll go deeper into that, but okay. you know, those, those are, those are the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the things that I think that if you buy, invest in a website, um, the things that you have to solve. Okay. All right. Well, um, I think that's all we plan on talking about. Just to kind of wrap it up, what's kind of your, your mindset going into this? You know, we are looking to get a job from this website. So yeah. how, do we, how do we walk away from this episode? Uh, look, as I mentioned at the get-go, you know, it was our intention to buy a website run it ourselves, learn all of these things. And, and, um, we have my wife re replace her corporate income and do it with a lifestyle that worked uh, for our family. Mm -hmm. And, um, we were able to do that with some modest art outsourcing and learning some things. We had the opportunity to scale things and, you know, kind of build a, a mini empire. It's certainly not a, major empire but build a mini empire and we've gone that route the vast majority of people i know that are doing this so if you are sitting there and thinking you know can you do this the answer is absolutely yes you can okay great uh ian this is fantastic thank you so much and we'll see you next week on a new episode great ryan uh, great talking to you look forward to catching up with you man thanks. have a good time me too thanks all right folks there you have it that wraps up my conversation with Ian Bond of Professional Website Investors. He shared a ton of valuable insights and advice today on how to turn your next web investment into your next job. We also shared some tools and resources, which will all be linked up in the show notes at professionalwebsiteinvestors.com. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Please consider subscribing, sharing with a friend, or leaving us a review in your favorite podcast directory. Until next time, best of luck in all that you do. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Professional Website Investor Podcast.